I started out clerking on the the Clerking boat. for his late mother's land. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> trading all those. Well, I wasn't trading at that point. People running round, looking bones into the ground. Is everyone just trying to be first? If you see me falling down from the buildings in the clouds, would you catch me for this bubble burst? I'm an American man. I got more Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan, aka the Raj Nation. I am your show's host. And as usual, I am joined by my co-host, Martin McGovern, a.k.a. Marty McFly. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the only show where you get to eavesdrop on conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians about the stories, the journeys, the struggles, but most importantly, the questions, the questions that help us all better understand who we are, what we're doing, and how we can do it better. Now, in this episode, we sit down with a new friend of mine by the name of Michael Balshin. Michael is an executive coach. He elevates the way people live, love, and lead as a Chicago-based coach and mental advisor who received his bachelor's from Harvard University back in 2009, studying behavioral economics and positive psychology. I'll tell you what I personally love about Michael is whether you're meeting him for the first time or for the hundredth time, he's going to give you a hug because he's a hugger, because he's a good dude. Our conversation with Michael is something that we had actually talked about a few weeks prior when we met for the first time, because quite honestly, we all love Hamilton and we can't stop talking about Hamilton. So our topic question for today is, what is a legacy? Before we dive in, quick reminder and invitation, if you are not a member of our tribe, go to discoveryourinnerawesome.com, enter your email address, and you will never miss another episode of this show. All right, let's dive in now with Michael Balshin. What is a legacy? Let's listen in. Such a big, broad topic. I think last time we were chatting, it came up. I talked about how for so long I was was focused on like, what's my legend going to be, or like, what's my passion, or what am I going to create that lasts. Um, and Hamilton had this this amazing influence and legacies all throughout Hamilton. I know you're big Hamilton fans. Um, and even like, you know, obsessed with your legacy or, or I want to build something that's going to outlive me. Um, and I, I had this week where I was doing this this death meditation. So essentially seeing your body kind of breaking down to the ground and then people coming and saying their goodbyes and life kind of continuing on, just recognizing that we're, we're temporal beings. Um, and I ended it after doing it, you know, for a week in a sensory deprivation chamber at Float 60 um, actually just down the street and had these crazy visualizations where like the earth kept spinning, the earth kept spinning around the sun and then it went faster and faster and faster. And it was almost like there was this clock in the bottom corner that was like ticking up in years and just kept going faster and faster and faster. And I had this insight, this realization that um, any personal legacy that I have, like even if I absolutely crush it and it's like the top point zero 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 whatever repeating zeros and then a one legacy of of you know these these actual age figures or the, these massive icons of today like even that fades away at some point um you have a massive family beautiful family that that goes for generations 
I don't know the names of my great great grandparents I want to say like it doesn't take too many generations where even like the family legacy kind of mm -hmm. you become part of this pool um any company that has a lasting impact like a couple hundred years maybe thousand years like zoom out a little bit and even that fades away yeah. so we even had we haven't had a thousand year company yet, right? I mean like we've had it it's, like the, the east in the British East India Company is like 350 years old I think that's probably the oldest uh -huh. but even those things they're not what they were when you made it. It's a totally different company by that point. Yeah. Like, it, it shifts. It transforms. And so to realize like, okay, spending so much focus on legacy and like trying to, to make myself last longer by things that, that, you know, families, institutions, whatever, that's almost as silly as like worrying so much about like just my life. Like it's just, it's, it's another way of extension. Um, and so what I realize is like it's much more important to think about the collective legacy of of us as as a species and as, on this planet. Because um, if, if you keep zooming out, even that's kind of equally short and will fade away. But at least that's a more fun, uh, more fun problem to work on. I so dropping the bomb. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm glad we started from this perspective. Yeah, I thought no, this it's was interesting. Go right? a very different way, and I was like. That's the way I wanted to go with it. So I, I like that we're starting there. Well, because, and when we had that conversation a couple of weeks ago. Makes your personal brand seem a little bit funny. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> um, ever since then, I've, it's been hitting me like, and I was starting to think about even leading up to when we talked, but am I doing all these things to build something? It's like that I can ultimately be proud of. But in that, in the name of that, Am I missing out on the simple joys of today? Because I'm so focused on what does this need to be in five years, in 10 years? How will I be remembered ultimately? Am I, is that coming at the cost of what I could be or, or how much enjoyment I could be getting out of the now? And it doesn't say I like, I don't say that to me like I live like a deprived, um, emotionally starved life. But it frequently hits me that I'm just like, it's very. It's often very hard for me to just be in the moment of something, and not think about. Well, what does this mean about me being in this room? What does this room mean mean about the the neighborhood? And what does the neighborhood mean about the city? All and, the implications, right? You know, and I don't know, Martin, if you if you've ever had that, but I I'm very much, like even with, and maybe this isn't even a bad thing, but if I have like a vacation coming up or a concert that I'm going to go to coming up, people are like, oh, are you excited? I'm like. No, I don't really get excited until it's happening. Like, I'm just not even thinking about it until it's happening. And maybe that's not even a bad thing, because that's an example of living in the moment, I suppose. But I also, it's frequently paired with, well, I have a million other things that are always on my mind. So how could I possibly be thinking about that vacation or that concert that's coming up? Yeah, and I think there's two sides of it. It's like one, always looking ahead, and the other, just trying to record everything. It's like you're trying to build something, right? Like, if you are at the concert and you're snapping the whole thing like I are you really at the concert <laughs> yeah and and but I, I don't necessarily think that's bad like there are there's reasons people do that but I, I read I sent you an article the other day and it's like there's social media for the sake of social media and then there's like social media to market a business right they're different um, it's the same action but it's one is trying to achieve an outcome mm -hmm. and the other one is trying to achieve itself Right, it's like eating its own tail, and so I found that to be really interesting. Cause it's like 
if your legacy is just that you post a lot of pictures or is it like you're building a company that you want to have an impact in the culture or something like that? Um, and I thought that was really interesting. Like a lot of people I think are just missing out. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are doing social media not because they want to, or because they want to be known. They want to be famous. They want to be a thing. Um, it's not, I don't know. What do you guys think of that? Do you think that most people are doing social media because they're trying to achieve something or just because they are entertained by it? I think there's, well, and this is personal, um, just kind of based on, on what I've seen, but I think there's like one, there's, there's, everyone can be a celebrity, right? And 10 years ago, you saw a picture of someone somewhere, even just online, like that was a, they were famous. And so there's, there's a little hit of like, oh, I'm a celebrity because my picture is online or, or I'm important and people care about me because, you know, this, this like self, self promoting type of thing. Um, but I think there's the other element of, of just connection and using the internet and the ability to connect with other people. Um, I don't think we've nailed this piece yet. I actually think Snapchat's interesting, which I had no idea I've been off Snapchat until like two weeks ago. Um, but the idea of it like not staying on. And so like it is, and they, they, they measure in streaks, right? Like how many days in a row have you interacted with someone? Um, but I think I follow so many people's lives on Facebook from like high school or growing up or college and you see them and it's like, yeah, I saw you did this, 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 and this. Like, oh, we've been stalking each other on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but along with that, that, that marketing business channeling of like, okay, there's clearly eyeballs that are seeing this. So how can we tap into that to, to, to push our product or whatever? Um, but it's interesting. So I actually, a couple months ago, I, I, I blocked, I don't have a news feed anymore on Facebook. Um, cause it, I'm sure you've done it where you go on there. You're like, I just want to find this one thing and two hours later yeah. you know, <laughs> and you're also like a little bit depressed. Like, oh, God, I haven't watched this thing. And this guy yeah. just created this awesome, this guy just got this thing and this girl that, you know, when there's all these whatever. Um, so I, I actually don't have a news feed, but I've still been posting updates <laughs> and I feel bad. I'm like, all right, I'm choosing to disconnect from consuming this, but yeah. I'll continue to throw to feed into but the machine. You consume me. <laughs> well, it's yeah. Like, my mom's like, what are you doing? I was like, okay, I'll put some stuff on Facebook. Um, but yeah. I well, think, what's it all for? I mean, I think that's that's the question, right? And that's the, to go back to that thing in the beginning where it's like, what what legacy do you want to live? And like working really hard to kind of leave some kind of legacy because you think you'll get something for it or have some some greater significance versus like, I do have this day. I do have this concert, this vacation, this whatever I'm doing like right now. And that's kind of all that's, that's, uh, that's guaranteed. So how can I, I enjoy it and make a choice about the legacy that I'm, that I'm, that I'm going to leave not to, to be more important, but because like, this is something that I'm excited to work on or to create or to invest each of those moments into. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard this really, I actually had a conversation yesterday and, um, the guy mentioned legacy came up and he was saying, you know, you don't have to try and leave a legacy. We're all, we're all leaving a legacy. We're creating our legacy every single day by everything that we do. Like you are interacting with other people. You are working on things. Your legacy might it's actually not be. impossible not to leave. Yeah. yeah. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's happening right now. And so, um, 
this chair is getting warmer as I sit on it. <laughs> it will get it will get cooler eventually. <laughs> but like you know, I I was nice to that person. You know, I waved, I smiled, I, yeah. I I said something kind, I said thank you, like whatever. Those small actions which seem insignificant, I think if if enough people are just taking opportunities, micro moments of positivity, then like. And creating things that they're excited to create that that help other people and aren't trying to build some sort of like ego, you know, oh, I'm going to have statues built of me because statues will eventually crumble and and all that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. But like each and every moment we have the chance to like be good people, help each other out and and create things that are that add to the collective. Um, And (laughs) that's that's the collective legacy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wrote. I have this post-it note on a on a mirror in my room that I wrote a few a few weeks ago, and it says, "Be interested, not interesting." I've heard that before, and I really like that phrase because we've spent about I think five, like T.S. Eliot or something. Yeah, said that we've spent like five years focused on personal branding, and I I like it because I like marketing and design and like the things you can achieve with that. Yeah. But I'm curious, Raj, what your thoughts are on this approach to legacy versus what we've talked about in the past. Well, even with what we talked about in the past, and I still think it's valid, is our whole thing was we didn't like how everyone else was saying, here's what personal branding is. And ours was like, our method was get to know yourself, ask better questions of people, provide help to people in a positive way and give them value. Mm -hmm. And there naturally has to be some BS and filler that has to go in with that to make it all work. You know, like you have to build an email list, that kind of stuff. Um, but I always thought the core, and I still think the core of what we were doing then, and ancillarily we now both do still, is is I think it has purity to it because it's about not. It's like don't BS people, <laughs> show them who you actually are, be comfortable with who you are, mm-hmm. and find people who will not only accept but elevate you for those things. Um, and I think that's how that's what helps shape a legacy ultimately, and one that you're proud of, as well as almost. I mean, talk about snake eating its tail, but it it, it validates what you're doing is okay, and then what you're doing okay is, and then what you're doing gets validated, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I think I think the way we were doing it was fine, especially because it started as a response to, you know, the Forbes article that was like take like suck the lifeblood out of who you are as a person. Yeah. And only show them these five things about yourself ever, mm-hmm. always. Well, then the even just you know accepting who you are as being enough. Um, and one of the things I always struggle, and I still struggle with, um, is like how do I write my own bio, or, or what do I like? What's my brand? Because it, no matter how much is there, it never feels like it's good enough. Mm-hmm. And it's like good enough relative to what I don't know this perfect version that I think that I should be in someday. Like this. I guess personal legs that I'm trying to create and, and, Oh, I haven't done all the things that I want to do yet. And so somehow I'm going to try and write into this bio spin things in a certain way. Um, I'm resisting a huge urge to just do like eight Hamilton lines with yeah. everything you just said. <laughs> well, and, then, and then you create cognitive dissonance because you're like, I'm saying I do these things, but I haven't actually done them yet. Yeah. And then you're like, you're living a duality in your mind of like, this is who I want to be, but I'm not that person yet. 
but I think of myself that way, but I'm still not there. And oh God, now you've got like the <laughs> yeah. anxiety that, that comes out of it. Well, and to go back to Martin, your earlier question of like of the social media thing, is it, are there more people, what was it? Are there more people like creating social media for the sake of creating social media? Are there more people actually just posting their own shit? Yeah, is it is it more that, so like I post a lot of Rick and Morty stuff recently because I want people to know I like Rick and Morty so I can have more conversations about Rick and Morty like you yeah. did with Hamilton. Yeah. And someone two people in the past week have connected with me on LinkedIn and both of the messages, one was wubba lubba dub dub. Let's, let's get a drink. And then the next one was, um, was, uh, uh, going to get that Szechuan sauce or something like that. Like just quotes. I'm like, yeah, those are the LinkedIn messages I want. I'd much rather that than, Hey, can I pick your brain over Mm -hmm. coffee? Like someone just be like, wubba lubba dub dub. Like that's way more fun. And that's the person I want to hang out with. Well, and that's, that's what I've had happen to me a lot recently. And I think I've had varying degrees of success as a result because I'm putting the things I'm interested out there in out there. Right. And I don't, and I'm not of the necessarily like mindset that are just, I don't think I have the energy or effort to have to like filter everything that I not, not photo filter, but like be like, okay, I can only use this for these reasons, et cetera. I can only use Facebook for business or only for personal. I can only use, Twitter for this thing. I'm just like, whatever, fuck it. All of it. It's all me all the time. Um, Instagram, I just use for yoga and rapping because it's just nice for both of those things. Um, and when I also... mix them together, it's a bunch of yapping. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I did it again. I just said that's funny instead of actually giving it a good laugh. <laughs> um, but with all the Hamilton stuff I've been posting about recently, like what... like. It was all one thing that just kept building on another. And then like two days ago, someone messaged me on Facebook and she was like, hey, someone just posted in one of these groups that I'm in that they're looking for people who know the Hamilton songs to help in a marriage proposal. Like you should contact this guy. And I was like, oh, sweet. So I, you know, I messaged the guy last night and like, that's the type of stuff I want coming my way is people being like, hey, I know you like this thing. Here's a thing that has to do with the thing you like, Mm -hmm. not the... You know, the opposite of that would be like, oh, no one needs to know about my life kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think to ultimately answer your question, or maybe I'm not answering your question, but to at least come back to the point I wanted to make is, in my mind, I am not, for the most part, posting just to stay relevant because I feel a pressure to stay relevant and that I have to do something to be seen. In at, at least I think, or I'm justifying it anyway, as I enjoy these things. I want people to know I enjoy these things. And the fact that, so I'll tell you the example two days ago, um, Greg Rothstein, who you know, he's the photographer for 1871. I've never met this guy in my life. He, I'm sitting down at one of the tables over here in 1871. He walks over to me and he goes, hey, I know we haven't met before, but I feel like I saw a photo of you on Facebook dressed up as a wrestler. Was that you? And I was like, probably. And he's like, do you know Martin? And I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, it was definitely you. He sits down. (laughs) What did you think of WrestleMania? And we talked for 45 minutes about wrestling. And I'm like, that is what I want to happen is the things I really love, like a random person or like the Uber I got in a couple weeks ago where, you know, it shows your Facebook profile photo as your Mm -hmm. Uber photo. I'm dressed as the wrestler Razor Ramon in that, my, for my Halloween <laughs> costume. And I get in and he's like, what's up, Razor Ramon? 
And then we spent the 10 minute Uber ride talking about wrestling. Right. So those are, it's like, I'm, I am actively create, trying to build a world that I want to live in for myself. And it doesn't necessarily have to have ripple effects on everyone else, but at least I know I can talk to more people about wrestling. I can talk to more people about Hamilton. Mm -hmm. I can talk to more people about stuff like this, like the legacy stuff, right? Like this whole podcast, the idea of it helps Martin and I create a world that we want to interact in. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. And that that's like the almost the the central point of the whole thing is like you get to choose the world that you want to interact in. And like there is no right or wrong answer and it and it doesn't really matter at a certain level. And so it liberates you to like have the choice of okay, I want to be having conversations about Hamilton and WrestleMania, mm -hmm. right? Like I, I think we're all craving authentic human connection. Um, and these tools have made it really easy to connect with other people, but it hasn't, we don't feel seen necessarily. Like likes are not, it, it doesn't translate into like a 45 minute conversation with someone. Um, and when you, when you put things that you're genuinely interested in and it's like, this is what I want in my life. These are things that I really enjoy versus this is this story that I'm trying to create or this, mm -hmm. this thing that's not quite me that like, feel like, like I have to project. Yeah. yeah this I'm writing thing. my, like, my autobiography as I live my life. Right. Versus like, I love WrestleMania. Like, let's go chat. Like, like I, I would Hamilton like all day long, like just sit and listen to Hamilton. Just, mm -hmm. And, and, um, I think, Two, one of the things that, that moves me so much about it is you see the authenticity of these people that are previously like reading textbooks, like they created the country, like da 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 And then you see this play, which is in a, you know, a vernacular that makes sense today. And it's, these are guys that are struggling with like real issues, like the, the, the same things that we're all struggling with today. And like, they didn't know what they were doing. They were flying by the seat of their pants. Mm -hmm adjusting as they went along um and and it you know it worked out pretty well but i think so, <laughs> so they did okay <laughs> so like today we give them like a b b plus <laughs> there's this pressure to like have the right answers and like show that you've thought through all these things and like have everything backed up and and like have this movement or whatever versus like i'm a person figuring it out as i go and liking the things that i like and disliking the things that i that i don't like and existing like being breathing i said that like breathing and heart beating like you're alive cool <laughs> yeah enjoy that mm -hmm. well doesn't, go ahead it doesn't mean that that it's not worth it to work on something that you want to create whether that's a business or a movement or whatever it yeah. just means be really intentional and, and conscious about not doing it for things that you don't believe in or, right. or aren't excited to invest your time in well, and I mean, I remember Martin, like we've had this conversation with several friends in the past where they're like, you know, I really want to get to X number of followers on Instagram or whatever. And they were just like, for what reason? Mm -hmm. Like, well, what do you mean? So I can get a lot of followers. Why? Well, because then I'll be able to. And it's like, will you, though? And will that matter at the end of the day? Um, meanwhile, I had a conversation with someone recently and she's like, I need to get to 10,000. Cause then I can start getting brand deals and then I can get into, then I can get my business to this point. And she's and it's trying like a targeted to, approach, right? It's, well, it's she's very... trying to create a business in yeah. this industry. 
And that makes sense. Like, that's what companies do. They, right. they want followers so that they can make sales, not so that they can yeah. feel good about their company's likes. <laughs> right. I'll tell you, one of the underlying core um, reasons I use social platforms is so I have a place where all this shit is stored that, like, is not my phone because I always, never have storage space on my own phone. So it's like I have to upload photo to Instagram because I don't have space on my phone because once it's on Instagram, I can delete it because it's there forever. Or I, I have to put this on Facebook because I don't have space on my phone and it's there forever and I can go back to it and find it very easily if it's on Facebook. It's kind of just like, okay, let me just let me send it to the cloud more or less. Who's the guy that um, Ra- Rahit, I want to say is, Gosh, uh, what's the 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 platform online for like um, backing? It's like almost like a Dropbox. No, it, it's like it's like VC online. It's like for startups where you can see people. Angel. Oh, AngelList. Mm-hmm. AngelList. Yeah. You remember who founded that? I can't remember his no. name. He's big on Twitter, but he like he reads a tons of books. He doesn't take any notes, and Twitter is his like note taking. Uh-huh. So he's like. I have to condense the ideas and then I put it out there and like, yeah. cool, I'm not trying to save it anywhere, but that's, that's his indexing. Right. Um, but there, there's a lot of this like Instagram where it didn't happen kind of mentality mm-hmm. where it's like, fear of living people, offline. Yeah. People have to know that I was doing this. Otherwise I'm going to come off as uninteresting. And you know, there's another article I read recently. It was called confessions of an Instagram influencer where this guy like in an agency hired him to try and like see if they could prove, can anyone become an influencer? Because there are people in the influencer world who are like, this takes real skill and talent, et cetera. And this company wanted to see if it, like they wanted to, they had the hypothesis. Does it really take skill and talent or can anyone be molded into one of these influential figures? So they plucked this random guy who had like, you know, he's got a wife, he's got a, like a baby girl. And um, he had like, I don't know, a hundred followers and they were his friends and it was just like random stuff he was posting. But then he started working with his agency. He's like, we spent a whole day, two days doing stage shots with a photographer. Excuse me. <coughs> we did these stage shots with a photographer. Everything was either like wearing a leather jacket with t-shirt or wearing nice button down, looking slightly away from camera, running hand through my hair, even though there's no wind any like all that stuff. Um, he's like, and I started posting and, and then How they, dare he run his hand through his hand <laughs> without wind. <laughs> and then he's like, and then they told me, well, you got to add one lifestyle, like normal phone taken shot in between each one of these. So I started doing that. And then they told me your lifestyle shots aren't interesting. We'll give you lifestyle shots to start using. And so I bought, you know, a 300 pack from this photographer for 50 bucks of lifestyle photography. So there I am posting a figure, posting a photo of this awesome avocado toast that I never actually ate or even saw. And then he's like, and then so on and so forth. He's like, and ultimately by the end of this experiment, he got to like 10,000 followers, which is like the baseline for getting, like being able to Mm -hmm. get sponsored stuff. Um, And what he was saying and through all this, he's like there. And I don't know if it was this article or the other one you sent me, Martin, but he's like, you get to a point where you are, He's like, when I was using Instagram just, and I didn't care, I, I could post whatever I wanted and I could just be satisfied with that. Then once I tried to, once it ma- became a thing, every part of my life had to become documented. And then I had to spend countless brain energy and hours figuring out 
what will reflect positively on me for me to put this on my profile? Mm. And he's like, and I found, he's like, and I even got to a ridiculous point where uh, he's like, so there's these services that allow you to like, like other people's, you know, these bots that'll like other people's photos and all that stuff to get you more followers. And he's like, and I know people are botting me when they have the like, and then they're like, great post. And here I am, like, I, I had this realization. I was like, I'm writing thanks to a bot. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I know it, but I'm still doing it mm-hmm. because I know I need to do that to get more bots. But what do the bots matter? Because they're not even people at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's what, you know, you start to create this sinkhole almost. Um, and it, that that does happen where it's just the, hey, we're online for the sake of being online. I remember I brought this up several episodes ago, but there's that movie called Ask Me Anything, um, which is basically about this girl going into college. She starts blogging about her her sexcapades. Um, and Martin Sheen is in the movie, and he's like her mentor, her life mentor, and he's like, you got to stop posting stuff online. Every all your All you damn kids these days try to make everything public. And she goes, I know. It's like we all want to be famous even though we're not even good at anything. And that, I think, is kind of the the crux of this whole thing is are you – the article you shared, Martin, which was there are the people who are good artists and whenever they decide to post a photo, it's really good art that they're posting because they've spent their time honing their craft, not posting photos about their craft. And then there, there are the artists who just – think that they are only needing to post photos about their craft to get good at it. But that's not the same thing. You're actually working on what you're doing. You're set, you're showing people you're working, but what you're doing is not working. You're showing. Hmm. I think that, that question, I think you, you phrase as what for, um, that's really important. Like, like why, um, w- w- what are you hoping to get out of this? It's okay. 10,000 followers. And I'm going to have this business, like whatever. Um, one of the questions I ask my clients is like, if you're, massively successful at what you're about to undertake. Like let's say five, 10 years, whatever. This is the best possible outcome. Like, are you happy with that? Has that given you what you want Mm -hmm. from it? Um, It's like, oh, I gotta get, you know, there's there's a million different paths from A to B for any sort of business or or, um, personal transformation or anything. But like, I'm gonna get 10,000 followers, and I'm gonna get access to these lists, and I'm gonna be able to build this customer base, whatever, I'm gonna have this business. It's like, okay, well, what will that give you? Oh, well. Then I'll be able to like go to my high school reunion and be proud. Like, <laughs> then I'll feel good about myself. Like, then I'll feel safe or loved or or content or whatever. Um, and so often we don't actually need all of that stuff in the middle, like to get to that mm-hmm. feeling that we're seeking. But it's much easier to avoid that that challenge or, or that that problem, I guess, of like, well, why don't I feel comfortable and like proud? now like why aren't why aren't why isn't what i am right now good enough um and that's harder to sit and do some introspection and face some potentially like dark or, or deep questions and answers uh then oh let me just see if i can find <coughs> my followers and like create a bigger customer base whatever yeah if i have ten thousand people that like my butt then i don't have to work on myself as a person <laughs> um I don't, but I don't know if you'll ever actually hit the enough point. And you know, maybe depends on your personality type and your work habits. But if you if you couldn't get to it before Instagram, you're not going to get it after. Yeah, but even just like in general, whether it's social media or, or just what are you creating, et cetera, back to the legacy point of everything, right? I don't know if you'll ever, like 
the whole Hamilton, right? Like, come back to bed. That would be enough. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, for, at least for certain people, if there ever is the feeling of enough. And there's always the desire to, like, still got to do more, still got to do more. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing because it keeps you going. Um, and perhaps you create something even even better as a result. Yeah. Th- that's – and I, I still struggle with, with enough. Um, I, I think it's a, a universal challenge. And it's one of the things that um, – there's almost two sides of it. Um, and, and most people that I've spoken to, like are either focusing on one side or the other and they're afraid of losing, missing out on the one that they're not focusing on. So like on one hand, like being comfortable with who you are, having self acceptance, being grateful for all the things that you've been given and the life that you've had up to this point. Um, I was really, I, 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 in my training career, like I was, I was very fortunate to have created a life that was like on paper. Perfect. And, it, I felt like it wasn't enough for me. And I felt really guilty about that too. Like, God, Michael, you're an asshole. Like this can't be enough for you. Um, and yet did want more. So, so having this gratitude and this appreciation for the things that you do have. And at the, at the same time, knowing that like, we're supposed to be growing and expanding and doing more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not like enough is this line to get to where we're working towards this thing where it's like, okay, when I get there, that will be enough. Cause that does not exist. Right. But it's more of how can I be at that place already and, and feel enough and, and, and happy and also be excited about continuing to grow that. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not reaching a limit, but standing at the limit and making it bigger. Because yeah, the word enough sounds like an endpoint. But really, it's acceptance of your personality, and your personality has things that want to improve. Yeah. So, like, I'm always going to be de- diving down the well of the source definitions and like understanding how words are changing over time and like nerding out over that stuff. And that is what is enough for me. Like, that mentality is enough. Mm-hmm. That constant curiosity is enough. Ever getting to a milestone in that. I don't care. Yeah. It's it's the it's the fact that I have that innate curiosity that I'm the most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think part of this too goes into um, what are these milestones or what are these goals you have? But why are they your goals? Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, ten thousand followers for what? Right? Um, Jason Bay, who's been on our show a couple times, who Martin and I are friends with. Last night we were talking and he's kind of reconsidering his whole um, work approach. Uh, he had this, he was launching a new business at the beginning of the year. Now he's like, do I really actually want to do this or no? He's like, I know I can because I have the skills, but there's something I, he's like, when I think about it, I don't really like want to spend my time doing this stuff. I just know that I can. And, and he's like, and a lot of it's happening because it would help me hit this income goal I had for the year, which I don't know, I, I think it was something like $200,000, dollars for the year of income. And he's like, but I thought about it. I was like, I don't actually even need that. Like I live a pretty modest life and I'm okay with it. I'm not trying to like buy a house right now or anything or buy a fancy car. It's like, I want to make money, but do I like, I think that 200 number was just kind of arbitrary because it sounded sexy. Mm-hmm. Not because I actually... I'm try- like not because that is going to bring me certain things back that I'm, you know, aiming for, and this is where 
I think a lot of this, you know, talk about the legacy, but talk about what are you trying to build? What are you trying to accomplish? A lot of it gets muddled because we, we internalize other people's, um, other people's dialogue, other people's projections and other people's images we start to internalize. And that's, and that's totally normal and expected, right? Like there is a story and, and we live in a market economy which has created more abundance than ever before has been on this planet, right? It's not like capitalism is evil or, or anything because it's not. It's done amazing things. But there's also part of it which feeds on like increased consumerism. Um, the minimalism documentary came out recently, mm-hmm. like awesome. You know, th- those guys are great. But recognizing that like it's a story, it's a narrative that we're told that, that we're taking from elsewhere, um, and does that actually match up with the narrative that we want to create internally and asking that question of like, is, is this important? Time is the only, and they say this all over the place, right? Like anyone, not anyone, but so many major thinkers have talked about like time's the only resource that we actually have. Like it, it, we spend it, mm-hmm. it never comes back. We don't even know how big our bank account is in general. You know, no one knows when they're going to die. Um, but even outside of like trading time for money, right. And trying to create, create wealth so that you're not just working for money, but like, okay, well, why are you even trying to do that? Like you only have so many years to live and each, each of those years is made of months and weeks and days and moments. And what are you doing with those? And if that's like, if the answer is, Oh, I'm building this thing that's so I can make $200,000 a year. So I'll like sleep better at night. Mm -hmm. Like, well, if that will actually help you sleep better at night, then, then yes. And if it's this person said I should do this or like, oh, because then I can make this list in this magazine. Right. Why? Like, yeah. you're, like you're trading this thing and you cannot get back. That yeah. is so precious. Yeah. Your heartbeats, your breaths, like your moments for this thing that will be forgotten when you're on your deathbed is not going to matter. Yeah. And I, I saw the minimalist documentary. I actually got to meet them because they came by Logan Square um, when they were doing their tour. And it's funny because I was like, yeah, I, I had to do a forced minimalism. I got robbed on a road trip. <laughs> so, like, this is all this I have. This is all the clothes that I own. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, and that was a pretty funny moment. And then, but I think the whole, like, self-help world is one that I find really interesting in this whole legacy talk. Because there is a lot of focus on the future and who you want to become. And all these things about how... You know, you're not there yet. You just need to buy the thing I'm selling you and then you'll be closer. But you're still not there yet because I'm going to be creating a new thing that you're going to buy next. And like, I need my book career to keep going. So like, you'll never really get to the end. There's something you're missing. There's something making you unhappy right now. Isn't there? Isn't there? Let's dive deeper and find it. (laughs) And like, there's something about that, that hamster wheel that I think self-help can be very good. And there's a time and a place for it in pretty much everyone's life. Mm -hmm. But you can get caught in there for like decades. And I've seen people in that spiral. And I think that that is a really tough thing because being in this capitalistic market society, we sell every day the concept that you are not enough. Your deodorant isn't making you attractive enough. Your clothes isn't attracting the right people enough. Your social presence isn't doing the right things. Everything can be tweaked and fixed and updated and expanded. And if only you would buy some more cool tchotchkes for your wall, you know, when that girl comes over, she's going to like just faint. 
like all this stuff. And I'm curious how, you know, we've all, I don't, I'm, I'm not as uh, well-versed in your background, but I know we've kind of teetered on that self-help line every once in a while. We're like, we were like, no, we're marketers. Stop trying to pull us into fixing your life. Like mm-hmm. we can't do that. All we can do is help you sell better. Yeah. Um, and like we had a client once and she's like, I need to make friends. And we're like, you need to go to therapy. Like that's not, that's not our, we did try to take on that mantle originally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, but we set very clear guidelines of like, you're talking about depression and mental illness. We are marketers. Please don't talk like, but that is my job. My job is to create desire and to create desire. You need to create a lack of yeah. something. Well, I think that, and that's, that's, I, I thought about that a lot. Um, and we talked about words and the power of words. And it, it is very true that that marketing to that works, right? When, when you create a lack of something or it, it comes down to fear, right? Like fear-based marketing, the fear of, of, of not being enough or of not getting that girl or of not whatever, like that causes consumer decisions. Um, but it also it also feels kind of icky, yeah. right? Like there, there's, there's a feeling that's not... Um, and so I guess my big hope is that, that we can collectively, um, immigration, right? This is going to seem like it's total left field. We'll see what happens. Um, (laughs) this, you know, when, when, when Trump came into office, um, and started talking about, you know, immigration and, um, uh, even the Hamilton that, that Biden went to a, not Biden, um, Pence, Pence went to the show and they, they read the letter about, you know, like. Um, and the immigrants, we get the job done. But so much faster than I was thinking, so many companies were willing to start addressing the issue. And then you saw these ads that that were were not anti anything, but were just like like pro immigration and, and pro like collectivists. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so incredible to see that because you have this marketing against this issue that's very serious and not like, hey, you know, F you Trump and the immigration policies, but like, no, look, we support this. Um, and I'm Mail sure that drove has but, made by immigrants on it. That, yeah. Um, you mean kale limp? <laughs> you seen their new advertising? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like snail climp. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, that like people were willing to join in that dialogue in this like positive and engaging way. Um, and, and speaking their opinions and being political, right. And being charged, I mean, willing to do that. Um, and I think that, the more that we see that type of, of advertising of, of not like lack of something, but these are the things that we want to see created. These are things that we want to see built. Um, there's more excitement to, 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 to join that ship and almost and support that product. And some of my favorite products are things that like, I really believe in the future that they're, that they're creating. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also where I start to get really nervous because what I've seen a lot in the recent months is what I call um, being predatory on people's belief systems. And we talked about this on yeah. the Bias podcast. Um, like you walk down the streets in Chicago right now and there's DSW ads all over the place that were put up for the Women's March. And they are ridiculous. I don't know if you've seen them, but like it's the like... shoe company? DSW? Yeah, DSW. Because it's like hashtag March On. Like that's their thing. And so one of them, just to put it in perspective how absurd these ads are, it's a girl's face and a pink background. And it says, um, I said I love you to my dentist while I was under anesthesia. 
And then it said hashtag FML, but that was then X'd out and it said hashtag March on. And I was like, I don't get it. They're saying like, buy DSW shoes and march on past your problems. Oh. Like you, like something. I thought they were saying the dentist was predatorial because. But like that, but it's like ambiguous and it's weird and it's kind of creepy and it's like, what the hell is this ad? It's really weird. And also, what the hell does this have to do with the women's march? And also, what is DSW now like a pro, like, women's organization that's now helping beyond the march or did they even give money to the march or did they just go hey there's a march going on hashtag march on Mm -hmm. and just try and profit off of it Mm -hmm. and those are the things like hey let's slap pink on this thing and say it's breast cancer even though we're not part of that organization Mm -hmm. right those are the things those are the predatory things that i'm i'm sort of seeing this like second wave after the initial wave Mm -hmm. that drives me absolutely crazy well even with that you have to look at, I've always found this very interesting with advertising. Um, not always. Basically, since I started paying attention to social media, which was like end of college, um, you just have to look at like, well, who's actually paying attention, right? So th- this is the thing I've, I've constantly found funny since like the concept of Twitter is you have the Super Bowl, and then you have all these people on Twitter talking about just the ads of the Super Bowl. But it's just advertisers and marketers talking about, oh, Pepsi did a great job this year. Oh, man. They didn't do a great job. Have you seen Kendall Jenner's ad? Yeah. All right. That's a bad example. And I know I haven't seen that ad, so I don't even know what the controversy is there. But, um, you know, oh, man, like Walgreens killed it with the Super Bowl, with their Super Bowl marketing this year. Um, Can't believe that Budweiser commercial. It was so good. But it's just advertisers talking to other advertisers about how what another advertiser made was great advertising. And nowhere in that is the people, like... You know, you ask, like, I remember... Are you sure about that? I've seen a lot of organic reads. No, there's like, oh, LOL, that was funny, right? But then you have, like, you just have the advertisers being like, why, like, three reasons why this ad, uh, why they bolstered their brand because of this Super Bowl ad or whatever. And it's not necessarily, like, you know, I remember, like, sitting with people watching one of the Super Bowl games who don't work in marketing or advertising at all, like, not giving two shits about mm-hmm. what that meant for their brand and, and mm-hmm. even caring what they saw. The, uh, Outside of oh, that was funny. Yeah, the, but you can say the same thing about our personal. Like, brands. like remember when Ori- when the lights went out in the Super Bowl a few years That's ago? What, the, when Oreo mm-hmm. came, you remember that? Yeah. And Oreo was like, "Now you can dunk in the dark," and everyone's like, "Oh my god, Oreo is fucking geniuses! We made all our designers work overtime during the Super Bowl, but they're geniuses." But no one, like no normal people who don't live in that world of advertising, are like, "Oh, now I'm gonna eat Oreos." Well, so so the, I read an article about that, and the interesting thing was that. The actual tweet didn't get very many views or even like re- retweets, but they essentially created this this train of like, look how smart we are, and they sent it to some person. Like the articles and they, about they it. They sent another yeah. person. It's like, hey, look at these people, and so they like they built momentum off this thing <laughs> that wasn't actually a big deal to begin with. But I think you made a really good point about um, the personal the personal branding marketing as well, and it's it's mm-hmm. almost like. Um, when something's manipulated or, or, or to serve some other purpose, um, and I think that we have an intuitive ability to pick up on this. Yeah. Like when you see that ad with the march on, you're just like, that's not right. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> but you're willing to, to think about it. And and it's actually like being willing to trust that intuition, like ha- not just take things at face value. Um, but when you see manipulative 
whether it's the Instagram guy creating a following or the an ad that's trying to jump on a movement, like that's not the kind of of collective legacy. Like, oh, we're so good at manipulating each other to doing these things. Like, no, because yes, we can be good at that, but it doesn't lead anywhere. But that's um, the world we live in because we have we just came from the like internet marketing world where everyone's like, I need to be against something in order for my brand to succeed. And my brand is me. My company is me. So I'm going to be anti-college or I'm going to be anti-whatever. And I'm going to go to the extreme on the other side. And then we create, we, we're so worried about creating our company today and our legacy in 10 years that we like sacrifice our, our like values in the moment. Yeah. And yet when you, when you share Hamilton and WrestleMania, or this, I don't remember the name of the the thing that caused the two LinkedIn messages. Oh, uh, Rick, and Rick and Morty. And Rick and Morty. Like, you're like, these are the kind of interactions that like I want to be having. Mm-hmm. Like That probably gave you so much more than... And and I think that that's... Maybe that's the, the, the problem or the challenge of like, oh, I've got to do this because that's going to get me this. And then I'm going to have all these fake friends that don't actually talk to me and mm-hmm. I'm still... Yeah. You know, versus like, yeah, well, like, you know, same thing when we had Ryan Jeffrey on the show and I remember that I was giving the example of like in the same week I had the ink.com feature and a student in my yoga class come up to me and say, thank you for breaking down crow pose like that. I finally understand it now. That was the best explanation ever. Thank you. I was like, that meant that felt better to me than the ink article. Uh, or even yesterday I had a student give me $20 as a thank you. <laughs> I was like, what? And he was like, well, I was going to get you like a gift card because you've been such a helpful teacher, but I didn't have time. So and I was like, oh, thanks. But like, that was a cool moment that this person thought I helped them enough that they felt compelled to, you know, give express gratitude as a result. I mean, and that- it's those little moments that while in the big picture, you, you may be living or building for something larger. I think it's those little moments that, that make it worth it. Right. That that's the that's the legacy. One of the exercises I always have people do is a eulogy exercise, where like <laughs> we you, used to do you, that with you, people. <laughs> you know, write your eulogy, and and very few people are like, oh, you know, it's not material things. It's not like accomplishments. Mine is wubba lubba dub dub. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's often like you know, I was a good good um, partner, good father. The people that I worked with. Uh, enjoyed me being around like we created cool things together it's it's my students came up after class and like repeatedly thanked me because Mm -hmm. I had some small impact on them um that's just I think yeah it's like it's it's ways it's like kind of a sales analogy here but like in sales they often talk about how do you move the needle Right, for to maybe make more sales, but how do you incrementally move the needle to get to the you know the big push? Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's kind of the same thing. What are the little bits that are happening along the way that keep you going and make you you know put you in a mindset of like I feel good about myself and what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And it does require some external validation, but that's not a bad thing. Um, yeah. It lets you know what you're doing is is. It's fine. I like validation. That's one of yeah. That's one of the things I'm I'm trying to work on accepting more is that like I like being validated. Yeah. <laughs> like when, when people tell me good job, like I get a right. And and then part of my brain's like, yeah, but you shouldn't need that. You, you can you can fix that. You can stop needing 
for people but to tell you, you good enough? job. Aren't you enough? <laughs> uh, well, and then starting to go back to the the online internet marketer world, what I've found, I think I may have mentioned this to you at some point recently, but what I've found so interesting more recently is that, so like we talk about in Hamilton, I want to build something that's going to outlive me. But then there's all these people who are building things that will die with them because the business is their own brand. And the second they decide to walk away or the second they get hit by a car, God forbid, they have, there's nothing because people have bought into that individual person's expertise, not, you know, like we're sitting in 1871 right now, all these logos on the wall here, all the companies out there. If the CEO gets hit by a bus, assuming there are other team members, the company lives on. And it should at least. Yeah. Well, for, okay. Um, to go all the way back to the beginning, like for how long? And, and is that better? You know, like if this person has a personal brand and the thing's like not going to outlive them, but they've had that impact on so many people and other people's lives have been changed. Their crow pose was, was maxed out or whatever. <laughs> like, like that is something that, out, that outlives them. Even if it's not, you can't point to like this brick and mortar building that's been here since, you know. I mean, technically your kids outlive you. So if you have kids, you've already. Which often parents that. say, my yeah. kids are my legacy. Yeah. And that's a whole nother can of worms. Or you don't have kids, kids, do you? Because you haven't mentioned them. That'd be really weird. No, no. <laughs> Still practicing. <laughs> That's the best answer I've ever heard. No, um, and, and maybe it's not a bad thing. Um, but I think it's worth... I think it's worth noting that there's... Because there's a lot of people that are touting, like, this is the only way to do business now, um, is to become the business. I was chatting with someone, and he's like, I don't know. I just... I don't necessarily trust people whose business is their name or like mm -hmm. where the band is there, like me and the funky bunch or something mm -hmm. like, like there's, are you doing it? So your name is in lights or are you doing it? Cause you're helping people and it could be both, but I think there is a mentality piece in there that I thought that was an interesting comment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look like I'm in, I'm in the thick of this. Like my business is, is my name. Um, I have like a, you know, personal brand, like I am the business. It, I'm trying to figure out like where where do I fit into the general landscape and yeah. like where you know what is that story um, and if I get too too deep in that rabbit hole it tends to cause me to get anxious or stressed mm -hmm. or frustrated right. and if I can if I can just pause and, and take a couple breaths and step back and be like well does this actually matter <laughs> yeah well and I keep wanting to make my name my my business but every time I get close to it I like freak out because then. I start censoring myself, kind of what we were saying earlier. It's like, if I defined my name as these things, these values, and then next month I decide to change part of my personality or like go, or I learn something new, maybe, um, then I feel like I'm going against the brand. I know even with Idealament, there were like certain ideas that I was like, that's not what we teach, but now I'm like, this is what I believe, mm -hmm. but like, then you and I conflicted on an idea and I'm like, now I'm going against my own teachings. Yeah. Like we've set teachings in stone. How right. can I change them now? Right. And like, I find that to be really interesting as well. Well, and Michael, to your point, like my business is basically my name too. Right. And I'm kind of all in on building the Raj nation brand, quite honestly, because I like how it sounds. <laughs> um, 
But I also know, like with my business name is Raj Nation Innovation. Finally filed for the LLC last week. <laughs> um, but I didn't do the expedited version, so it's going to take four weeks <laughs> pending. But I also, like, I came to terms with myself several months ago where I, I, was, I had to finally admit to myself or just come to the realization that I know I'm only into something for as long as I'm into it. So for me to, like, like I'm okay only having a business that is my name and is me. You go, and I like the validation. I do like the spotlight. I'll admit that. I like it. But I also am terrified of the idea of being responsible for other employees' lives because if somehow I got a call to audition for Hamilton, I would drop everything to do that. And I cannot build something that, at least now, I cannot build something that goes beyond me or outlives me and brings in other people because I know I'm only in this, I'm only in it until I'm not in it anymore. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had this, this mantra that's been guiding me for the past six months or so. Um, and it just be honest and give love. Um, and it's like, if every, if all of your employees know, like, Hey, the call from Hamilton comes, like I'm dropping everything. Like, Cool. That's that they, they're entering the company like with that assumption. If you're really clear and upfront and transparent about whatever it is that you believe in, but also that you have permission to change your beliefs, but people know that like you're not going to be manipulating or trying to create this image, but just authentically working according to the values that you believe in, but not having them etched in stone because. Our world is changing so rapidly now. If you if you don't give yourself the flexibility to pivot, like then then you're you'll be left behind. So mm -hmm. um, Walt Whitman, I think has has a, a line. It's like uh, I am vast, like I can I contain multitudes or something of that sort. But basically, like like but, no, it's multivitamins. <laughs> gotta stay healthy. But <laughs> um, like you know, this this is what I believe in. You're always gonna get me like in, in truth. Um, and when something comes around that is contradicting my previous beliefs, but is a smarter, better thing to do, like I'm going to do that instead. I'm giving myself permission mm -hmm. to change. Growing up, I had, a, I had a friend and he actually says that he doesn't think he was this good at this. So maybe I was just projecting, but like, I loved that he was willing to say like, Oh, like I'm actually wrong here. And, and I appreciate your perspective. And like, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so such a rare thing people will do when they to admit that they are wrong. <laughs> it's you know, um, if we're creating a story and trying to always shape it in a certain way, that's really hard to do because we're thinking like, oh, does this fit with the story? Like that guy with Instagram, like this doesn't fit. Now I got to like analyze everything versus like this is just me. I'm just being honest, um, and I'm gonna be wrong sometimes, and I'm gonna try and be right far more often than I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, and who knows if it, if it, you know, I like to think that that works long term, mm -hmm. um, but let's wrap up from there before we do, Michael, let our listeners know just a little bit of background on yourself, what you're working on and where they can find you. Uh, so background on myself, I think you can just go to michaelbalshan.com. Um, that's where you can find all of this, what I'm working on, which, which shifts, um, a lot actually. So I'm an executive coach, but a lot of my clients are building businesses or have successful businesses and are pivoting or transitioning. Um, 
And so I, I, I get to put my, my thoughts and my hands in a lot of different pots. Um, so check that out. Um, background is I'm a human being, <laughs> 30 years old. Uh, today is day number 11,232. Of your me. life? Of uh, my life, yeah. <laughs> How do you have that at the top of your head? Uh, I write that every single morning, Holy day, God. number, and then I write, I used to write. Do you have out of? Uh, <laughs> no, no. So, so I, 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 I stayed away from that because I feel like I'm, a, I'm really a, a big believer in like visions and like our ability, our brain's ability to, to so I don't want to say like, oh, I'm going to die on day number 30,000 because part of me, part of me thinks like I will create the conditions to yeah, like make yeah. that happen. So no, I just write, I write, um, day number, you know, 11,231. Um, and then I draw a line and I used to write zero to remind me that like each day is new and each day is like the only one that I have. Uh, but put an infinity sign cause of your legacy. Yeah. As, as of, as of this morning, I've started writing plus one. Um, nice. So that's Meaning. more fun. Uh, so the, uh, guy I follow, Brian Johnson just started this challenge of the plus one. So a thousand days in a row, just getting a little bit better each day. Plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one. Cool. Um, so just a, a little reminder for me, like it's a day. I'm gonna get a little bit better today. Enjoy this day. Um, but yeah, so that's my background. That many days I've got. I'm excited for many, many more. Um, uh, uh, yeah, just just grateful to be alive and breathing and, and giving love to everyone who I come across. Okay. That said, we will close by going one by one. Um, we'll start with Martin and we'll close with you, Michael. Uh, let's do this. Martin, the topic question was what is a legacy? Answer that as well as what would you like your legacy to be? So first, what is a legacy? So uh, when we say legacy, um, I like where this started, where we said there is no such thing because eventually you'll be forgotten. Even if you're Cleopatra, she's a cartoon at this point. She's not a real person. So I don't think that a legacy is a thing um, or it's something I don't really want to think about because um, what's the point? And then um, secondarily, uh, what I think we're really talking about is fame during her life because that's we can't control our legacy. So all we can control is how famous we get today. And I was talking to someone yesterday and uh, about this whole concept of I want to be interested, not interesting. Um, I just want to find things that excite me and I find interesting. I don't care if my name is even attached to it. I just want to engage in that more. And one of the things that popped in my head was, um, if I am famous at any point, if that ever does happen, I want to be Pope famous. I don't want to be like Martin famous. And what do you mean? in my mind, Pope famous means like everyone knows that there's a Pope. Everyone knows what the Pope does and that what organization they're part of, what impact they're trying to have on the world. I don't know the Pope's name right now, <laughs> but I know there's a Pope. Okay. So like, I'm like always been a behind the scenes kind of person, even when I'm like in, in my voice is being heard. It's, you know, uh, I tend to go to the behind the scenes more. And so like, if there is fame in my life, which is really what I think when people are talking about, when they talk about legacy, I'd like it to be Pope famous. Mm-hmm. Um, what will my actual legacy be? I don't care. I don't know. I don't know what that is. And, um, I'm currently working on enjoying, accepting, what, were we, what was the word? Uh, enough. On being enough and, uh, and enjoying my day-to-day rather than thinking so much about five years. Because I overthink everything anyway. 
So I'd rather not Under the- add another level of overthinking to my already overthought mind. Cool. It's pronounced poop. Michael, <laughs> what is it? Is it a pope? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm poop famous. Uh, I don't know. I can't ever be emoji. more famous than that emoji. That emoji is more famous than anyone. <laughs> Michael, what is a legacy and what would you like your legacy to be? Uh, it, sorry, actually, sorry. I should go. You go okay, last. Sorry. Okay. That's, that, was, that was rude of me. So now I have to think about it some more. Um, <laughs> Okay, my answer, what is a legacy? It's planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. I wrote some notes down at the beginning of a symphony. America, you... Or, uh, that, I got it wrong. Womp, <laughs> that, that, that legacy isn't... This is his legacy now, messing up that lyric. <laughs> um, I think... I, I do think that's a very appropriate description, though, of what is a legacy from one of the last lines of Hamilton. Planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. Um what do I want my legacy to be? The thing, one of the things that has constantly been honestly driving me and helping me is, you know, several years ago, Martin, we did the reach out to friends and see how do they perceive you exercise. And the answer I got back was I have a few friends who told me they look at me and think things are possible in their own life. And, so I have take I have kind of underneath the surface taken on the mantle of how can I how can what I do how can I use that to be a symbol of possibility for other people and I think that's why I teach yoga the way I do because when I go into a class I want like I want anyone to know this thing you think you cannot do because you it looks weird or it looks perfect on Instagram there's a way we can get there if we, if we learn it the right way, we can get there. Or, you know, I think about even the stuff with Hamilton and teaching like the Hamilflow yoga class, right? I love doing those things. And like I made the Hamilflow album recently and I want, what I hope people get out of that is outside of the enjoyment of the moment of being in it, listening to it, whatever is Hey, if this asshole can do something like that, maybe I can get maybe I can take a shot at something that I'm that I want to do. Michael, what is a legacy? What would you like your legacy to be? Um I, I loved that you sprinkled Hamilton in there. Like, of, <laughs> Have course, to. of course. <laughs> um I, I think that a legacy is the result of the choices that that you make moment to moment to moment to moment to moment. Um and, you know, I think what this guy said yesterday was so true. It's like, we're, we're, we're creating a legacy as we go. And it's really just each each interaction, each decision, that's going to sum up to be, like, part of the thread, the tapestry that, that kind of weaves us all together. Um, and it's all, you know, made up and might not matter in, in a certain number of years. So not something to be taken too, too seriously, but, but to be enjoyed mm-hmm. and... Um, what do I want my legacy to be? I'm wondering if my answer will like totally go against my first response. Um, I really would like my life to have positively impacted everyone who I come into contact with. Um, and on like a, a micro level, that's, that's really just, just being a positive positive source of energy for people. 
smiling, saying hi, saying thank you, giving hugs, being open, allowing people to feel seen and heard um, and just share this experience. And then kind of on a bigger level, um, really supporting um, and, and unleashing the, the ideas and, and the legacies and the impact that other people want to have and helping them to, to turbocharge their own experiences and their own companies and, and communities. Um, so that, again, like collectively, I'd like my legacy to be part of a collective legacy of like, cool, at least while, you know, we were around for however many generations, like we didn't fuck it all up. <laughs> we passed it, <laughs> we passed it on in a way that's going to hopefully continue the process. Yeah. So awesome. and hopefully no nukes fall anytime sure. soon. <laughs> all right. And if so, well, collectively, maybe we can all be Will Smith and this is his legacy. We oh, jeez. Are his legend. Light up the darkness. And wubba lubba dub dub. <laughs> Michael Balshin, not Balkan like I thought. It's not part good. of the war of the war in the Balkans in the 90s. No. No. Thank you for joining us. This has been a pleasure. This is a great chat. Yeah, thank you. Namaste. That wrapped up our conversation with Michael Balshin. Michael, thank you so much, my man, for joining us, for having a really just fun, nice, exploratory conversation. Did you, the listener, enjoy this episode? If so, the best compliment you can give us is a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews help more people find the show and therefore more people get to discover their inner awesome. While you're doing that, hit the subscribe button if you are not a subscriber to the show already, whether that is through iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or the various other podcasting platforms you can find our show. For full show notes, references, and resources, as well as Michael's contact information, you can grab it all at www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Guess what? We're on the social medias. Well, social media. Follow us on Twitter at DYIAwesome. I'm going to send you off today with something a little bit different. I had mentioned during the episode I have released a new album by the name of Hashtag Hamilflow. It is an album of covers and remixes of the Hamilton musical, my take on the soundtrack. I'm going to play for you the final song from Hamill Flow, which is the final duel between Hamilton and Aaron Burr, told from Hamilton's perspective, though, because it's a song about legacy and what is your lasting legacy. And given that our topic today was what is a legacy, I think it's a pretty fitting ending. So enjoy that. And guess what? You can scoop the whole album at www.phonetic.bandcamp.com or head to the show notes and click on the link there directly. 100% of the proceeds from this album, I am donating to a Chicago public school to help subsidize the cost of them getting to see Hamilton. So listen to some good music and let of kids at the same time. All right, that'll do it for this one. Shout out to Michael Balsham for joining us. For Martin McGovern, I am Raj Nation. This has been the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. We'll see you next time. But in the meantime, take care and be awesome today. Now, enjoy the song.
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There are ten things you need to know. Number one. I left Eliza just before dawn. If she had known, she would have never let me gone. She's always been Number mine. two. Instead, I arrived with a crew. Nathaniel Pendleton and a doctor that I knew. Number three. Now with all this talk of wee hawking, this was it. Burr wouldn't be balking. Even if we squawk a little, his problems, he considers me the root. Most disputes die and no one shoots Number four So it happens I drew first position Looking on knowing soon I'd be in critical condition Irrelevant that I had a marksman's ability The doctor turned around so he could have deniability Five He didn't notice or know this at the time But we, we were near the same spot My son died, is that why? My Six. enemy has been the memory of dear Philip Ever since he's left I bore the weight and burden of his killing Seven The morning air was brisk, I wiped away snot And thought I'd fall under the grass blades right after I'm shot Number eight Your last chance to negotiate Send in your second, see if they can set the record straight See, I spent my life serving the masses So that one day they talk about me in your classes Why do I pine for the fame? It's him or me, the world will never be the same I was having second thoughts before the slaughter Do my daughters not deserve to have a father, not a martyr? Number nine Look him in the eye, aim no higher Summon all the courage you require one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, number ten, paces fire! I imagine death so much it feels more like a memory. Is this where it gets me? On my feet? Several feet ahead of me? I see it coming. Do I run or fire my gun or let it be? There is no beat, no melody. Burr, my first friend, my enemy. Maybe the last face I ever see. If I throw away my shot, is this how you'll remember me? What if this bullet is my legacy? Legacy. What is a legacy? It's planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. I wrote some notes at the beginning of a song someone will sing for me. America, you great unfinished symphony, you sent for me. You let me make a difference. A place where even orphan immigrants can leave their fingerprints and rise up. I'm running out of time. I'm running in my times up. Wise up. Eyes up. I catch a glimpse of the other side. Lawrence leads the soldiers' chorus on the other side. My son is on the other side. He's with my mother on the other side. Washington is watching from the other side. Teach me how to say goodbye. Rise up, rise up, rise up, Eliza. My love, take your time. I'll see you on the other side. Raise a glass to freedom. He aims his pistol at the sky. Wait! I strike him right between his ribs. I walk towards him, but I am ushered away. They row him back across the Hudson. I get a drink. I hear wailing in the streets. Somebody tells me you'd better hide They say Angelica and Eliza Were both at his side when he died Death doesn't discriminate Between the sinners and the saints It takes and it takes and it takes And history obliterates 
With every picture it paints, it paints me and all my mistakes. And when Alexander aimed at the sky, he may have been the first one to die, but I'm the one who paid for it. I survived, but I paid for it. Now I'm the villain in your history. I was too young and blind to see. I should have known. I should have known. The world was wide enough for both Hamilton and me. The world was wide enough for both Hamilton and me.